Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, Thailand. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been in this part of the world. It is. Uh, so for a quick reminder, Thailand is in South Asia. Uh, it's a country of around 70 million people uh, with no provinces or states within it. It's a unitary uh, country rather than a federation like uh, the United States or Canada. Uh, and it's bordered by Myanmar and Laos to the north, uh, Cambodia to the east, and Malaysia to the south after its little bit of a tail between the Gulf of Thailand and the Andaman Sea. So that gets us situated pretty close to China and India, uh, with the Philippines across the uh, South China Sea. Um, and yeah, this is the, I think, third country we've done in Asia uh, over the last... Mm-hmm. Um, almost half decade of the show. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I think considering I think we talked in our our New Year's episode about how we're going to do a tour of the world, and I think it's very appropriate that we have come back to the, <laughs> this part of the world and and addressing some imbalances, perhaps. We're going to do a tour of the world, but first, let us make a stop in New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, under under visited part of the world that we're all very fond of. Hey, you could say that, but let's get right into Thailand here. So Thailand as a country is a bicameral constitutional monarchy. And Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who paid attention to the summer school episode or live in a bicameral constitutional monarchy, perchance, (laughs) to some of our Canadian (laughs) listeners, um, you might understand this uh, system pretty well, but uh, it works or at least the way it plays out in Thailand is quite a bit different than the way it really plays out in Canada. So, Kaylee, can you give us a little bit of a rundown on exactly what that means? Yeah, I mean, it's so it is a constitutional monarchy. There is an active uh, king currently, and he is really quite involved in um, how things are run in the country. There, you know, there are laws you can't say anything particularly negative about the king you will get into get into some of the most severe trouble that you can get in the world for saying something bad about a king um and yeah so it, it also is uh as we decided to call it a, a say junta we've agreed junta is how you pronounce it it's also under military which means it's under military uh rule at the moment the government was overthrown in uh 2014 yeah so since before we've started this podcast thailand has not had an election despite there being at least one election um that was supposed to happen uh, but of course the uh military government uh decided that it'd probably be best if that didn't didn't happen yeah i mean it's there's actually, I think, been like something like five opportunities or, or period mm-hmm. dates missed for an election. And yeah, it, I mean, a lot of that has been the the government has said is because they're trying to put in electoral reforms and they'll need more time and constitutional reforms. Um, now, which I ha- think, to be fair, ha- has happened over the last five years. There have been many reforms that have made it more and more difficult for any other party to really become mm-hmm. elected if we ever do have an election which uh this is uh, as of recording we're having one but w- yeah. you know what can happen in in seven days uh, remains yeah. to be seen. i mean 
yeah, there, there's that's the real that's the crux of the problem. I think is like is yeah they are making these changes, but none of these ch- none of these changes are particularly to increase or improve democracy. I would I would say by any measure in Thailand, and and yeah, there's this looming threat over the whole election that uh, if it doesn't go the way that the military would like it to go, there'll just be another junta because I mean essentially. That's what happened in 2004. It's what's happened in 2014. It's it's just very much a state in which, uh, or a, a country in which the military feels that it has a strong say in how things should be governed. Yeah, and so the uh, the leader of the military, Prayat uh, Chanocha, is also the current um, de facto uh, prime minister mm-hmm. of uh, Thailand. Um, and the military has said that whoever wins this election uh, mm-hmm. will be will be respected by by the military uh, so long as that party supports the monarchy. And mm-hmm. the definition that they'll use for supporting the monarchy may or may not be uh, quite strict. Yeah, um, yeah, that has a, and it'll have a lot more to do with with in, in yeah interests. So, so I think interests, as you will see when you look at the party, are pretty like sharply divided down. One's one side is very pro military, pro monarchy, and the other side is represents a threat to that sort of uh, perspective. And I don't I don't think there is which we'll get more into really an outcome where anybody who uh, is on the other side, even if they tried to appease the military, um, could actually succeed in in ineffectively taking government. Yeah. So themes to keep in mind. It's a bicameral system. There is a Senate of 250 seats, which will come into play later. There is a House of Representatives of 500 seats, which it's an election, so hopefully that'll come into play later. (laughs) And also a second branch of government, a second equal branch of government in the monarchy in which the current king is quite involved. And also there are other members of the royal family, which though they are not meant to be involved in politics, have until recently been quite involved, uh, which has uh, quite... Uh, aggressively uh, been put out Mm -hmm. in truth Um, yeah and so without further ado i think maybe the first party worth talking about is the not not the current party um but the party that is um led by prayat chanocha who's the current prime minister um palang pracharat uh yeah so yeah the current part the the party that is looking that the current prime minister represents and is looking to get in is is very much like a conservative pro-military Thai nationalist party it it is essentially the the party of the junta and there's just no way around it and um i think it's i by all standards the only acceptable party for the military to have win and uh there are it's sort of how all there are about eight or so parties um, running, and it basically like either you fall on the side of the Palin Pracha party or you don't, and uh, so that that yeah, it is key to sort of talk about them in that context, I guess. And well, there's it's kind of hard to pin down really the political ideology of the party, 
mm. at least um, insofar as how they uh, interact with other parties. Well, because they are not, uh, they have no members of parliament really yet as this mm-hmm. is their first yeah. election. But of November, our most recent November passed in uh, 2018, there were 44 members from Putai to move over, mm-hmm. the People's Party and Tyrak Thai Party, uh, and an additional 14 members from the Democrat Party all joined Palang Pracharath uh, mm-hmm. and over uh, another 150 former members of uh, another group of of MPs. And so they seem to have a, a, a nice wide ideological base. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that sort of um, smells a little like a realization of where the power is going to go in, in the end. It's a big um, tent party. Yeah. And, and I guess it's, you know, it's, it's all about like Thai nationalism. This, I mean, in theory, you could probably get under that, that blank blanket if you're even like a little bit conservative, a little bit pro monarchy, like they don't really care that much is the sense they're in almost their entire purpose, I think is just to maintain the power of the military and the, uh, and the monarchy in in Thailand. So, so I guess it, maybe it doesn't really matter where you fall. If you, you, if you want to govern and you can accept that sort of the, the present power structure remaining as it is, it is probably the Palin Pratch party is your best bet. Yeah. So that's, and we'll get into why probably on, if you can't already understand why, uh, they will <laughs> most likely be, uh, the next government of Thailand, uh, if this uh, election happens, but, there is another party running. Or there are many mm-hmm. other parties running, but the probably the other main party that people are talking about really is the Putai Party, uh, which was formed by former Prime Minister uh, Thaksin Shinaratra back mm-hmm. in uh, the late 2000s, in 2008. And he was Prime Minister, and this was, previ- this was uh, previous to the military junta. Mm-hmm. And so... You could see this as a as a return to democracy if this party were elected. Unfortunately, Faxon uh, himself has been uh, mired in controversy throughout his political career. He is a billionaire who is alleged and maybe truthfully indicted in a lot of corruption, uh, mm. which seems to be uh, rampant throughout the, throughout the party itself. Yeah, and I think. I think with Thaksin is the, the, it it is a situation of like oh boy, wish you were a bit better because like s- some of it is probably very true. Some of it is probably trumped up, hard hard to hard to decipher um, unless you're in there. Um, and then on and like if you think like he's a he's a billionaire who um, is probably so like the Putai party is sort of like seen as his like his former party, but then also out of that two uh, at least two other parties have formed that he he sort of like is very closely tied to and and uh many people suspect that like so he essentially can't come back to the country he's been um exiled he's he's, yeah he's been exiled um uh somewhat arguably to his own choosing but because he's he's going to likely be convicted for crimes of corruption so a lot of these parties that are associated with him will likely if they get in be become investigated for being associated with a with a criminal but like just to have somebody who is also um 
a billionaire and who ha- owns the other half of the political spectrum, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Democratic Party, which had got it, I think, which won in um, 2014 and then got kicked out, was like the prime minister was, I think, his sister-in-law mm-hmm. or the the woman who got kicked out of uh, by the by the junta. So he's just, I mean, he's everywhere. And basically the entire, he's, from what I can tell, just bakes up basically the entire other side of the ballot (laughs) yeah and it is i think uh worthwhile to note that uh as a billionaire he has kind of been part of this rise in thailand of uh just extreme inequality Mm -hmm. uh i read um that in thailand the the top one percent of the richest uh thais own over two-thirds of the wealth Mm -hmm. of thailand and so um it I, i don't think it's that surprising really that a billionaire would start a political party and do quite well in that <laughs> environment um it, it it i think it is worth noting that the candidate for the putai party in uh, this upcoming election is not uh Thaksin. uh he's mm-hmm. not allowed in the country anymore it is uh indeed <laughs> Sudarat uh kiura fan not that it really matters but yeah, yeah. It, it does matter but there are a couple other parties um that that are worth mentioning uh, for a, a, a couple of reasons here. Um, one of which is the uh, Thai Raksa chart party, which was an interesting party to talk about, uh, has recently been dissolved by yeah. the uh, by the junta, the NCPO, which um, it, I think it is worth noting for the record, uh, the NCPO, which is the current name of the junta party, is the National Council for Peace and Order, is the current <laughs> ruling party. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, uh, it's an ordered country, I'd say so far. Uh, and so, yeah, the Tyraxa chart party uh, has been dissolved. All members banned from banned from politics for a decade. For a decade, it's just that's crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that is like this is important in a lot of ways because the Tyraxa party, chart party, like the voter, the votes that were supposed to go to that party were really key to, um, uh, his uh, those the coalition of Thaksin parties making it into power, mm-hmm. um, and then they got marred in a scandal, which I guess I'll will reveal now is that, um the princess so the sister to the current king was nominated as their candidate for prime minister which Um, is not allowed no it is a threat to the constitutional monarchy merging the two branches but i mean i think it's worth noting that like the the princess has has all the uh like is treated like a royal but at one point uh married an american so actually is not technically um has is considered to have given up the perks of royalty um and and i think that was sort of some of the basis for her trying to make the run um but anyway she she went to do it and then the king was like nah you that's that's not good and then don't do that that would be completely inappropriate and then the uh then it went to the constitutional court and as as alex uh, as as we said it, it's uh, it was too much of a threat to the constitutional monarchy. Now everybody in that party is kicked out of politics just for yeah. ever. So before we kind of get into talking about other threats to the constitutional monarchy and the way the system works, and as you alluded to, uh, 
the uh, Americans having some influence over what's happening uh, potentially, mm-hmm. but maybe not at all. Uh, let's talk about the final party that people are really talking about, the Democrat Party, speaking of Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so the Democrat Party, it's they're sort of largely thought that they'll they'll support the Palomprach party in the end. Um, they're sort of popular in the same spots that, that Palomprach will be popular. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, and, but they're just sort of, they're the party that, that got kicked out by the military the last time. And, um, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're probably the next most significant party in there, I guess I would say. They were, so- they were, they remain common, probably the closest competition if you mm-hmm. believe that they would oppose the Palomprach party. Yeah. Now, they have said that they won't form a government with them, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess it remains to be seen if they will need a coalition to form a government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think we can talk now, now that we have the parties in place and we understand the form, the formation of the government itself, we can talk a little bit about uh, the NCPO's interaction with the current uh, with the current election and so mm-hmm. we had some you know some merging of uh potential uh monarchy and and house of representatives and whatnot with the princess running uh but now this is really uh just people saying what happens right this is this is yeah. really a breakdown of of democracy mm-hmm. in yeah. which uh the current uh national and ncpo uh getting to just handpick and literally appoint mm-hmm. uh, every single member of the Senate. Yeah, I mean, so I think something just to quickly go. I mean, with the with the princess being kicked, like they're they're just sort of taking rules and and influencing them to who can run. Um, so with the princess, like everybody, or I, I was read several commentators that were like, that's a little bit of a they really overdid it there and there's no real grounds for that. And then, I mean, you have another party, we a much smaller party, but that they're the leader of that party. Another, another billionaire in politics is going to be caused, uh, is likely going to be jailed under the computer crimes act, which is just like, you can, you can't say anything online negative about, uh, the military or the monarchy. And he did a Facebook live video where he, uh, somehow criticized the, the junta. Um, and this is like sort of the popular young face, of politics in Thailand. So he's, he's somebody to watch as well. So they're, they're they're able to sort of take laws and just jump on any immediate threat and really Mm -hmm. take them down. And then, so you, you take that ability and combine it with how, as, as now, like what we're, you're, we're going to get into is like how much they control who actually gets into power once the voting is finished. Um, Like, yeah, they, there's, now, two hundred. You need to have the support of the full Senate in order to in order to have your prime minister get into power to agree on a candidate for that. And uh, I guess two hundred fifty members are all nominated by the NCPO. Might make that more challenging than it that it should be. To yeah, get your which, prime minister in uh, to make sure all the puzzle pieces align. The NCPO is the current junta party, which is actually uh, headed by Prayat Chanocha, who is mm-hmm. now running for prime minister with Palang Pracharat. Uh, and so to move power from 
the junta to a democratically elected body. He would still remain the prime minister, but move from an unelected body to now being elected, but it's the same guy. Mm -hmm. And so the National Council for Peace and Order is now getting to select members to be in the Senate, which means that they can then choose 250 senators who are sympathetic with Palin mm-hmm. Pratchett, and so they will then be able to support the current prime minister to remain the prime minister. And so it really it makes it nearly impossible for mm-hmm. any other party to really take power. Yeah, it's basically a yeah a two hundred and fifty seat start head start on peace and order, but yeah the 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 other parties would have to who do not support Palin Pratt party uh, would have to get um an overwhelming victory in order to win. Whereas yeah the the military's preferred party would just have to barely squeak by with like i think 125 seats or something like that yeah 126 total to get to get a a full majority a full simple majority Mm -hmm. uh and it looks like they'll be able to get that yeah and so and if somebody else did get it who knows if the ncpo would even support that and you know yeah whatever happens happens that's it's Um, it's a really yeah reading about it i think we were both frustrated it's like it's like there's just i don't there's no optimistic outcome. Usually we can come up with something good that could happen, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and and now there I, there is there is a reason for that. And it's mm-hmm. not that uh, the National Council for Peace and Order has been doing nothing but enforcing peace and order for the last five <laughs> years in power, right? There yeah. have been substantial and real changes to the Constitution that have happened mm-hmm. and also to the redrawing of electoral maps uh, mm-hmm. so that over time with the canceling of elections and put and passing the buck and passing the buck, which have allowed for uh, this political climate to come about so that even with the farce that is this democratic uh, mm-hmm. participation will in no uncertain circumstances or uncertain terms bring Palang Pratchett into, into power. And yeah, let's talk first about, uh, and I think it's a simple thing, uh, the basically gerrymandering of the entirety of Thailand. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, basically the House of Representatives, um, which is, yeah, the, the elected body, um, got completely uh, redistricted, basically. So there's 350 districts, there used to be 400. Um, and then the, elect, the election commission, which I seem from what i can tell does not it does seem to be heavily influenced by the military was put in charge of drawing the new district boundaries and then um and then that sort of got delayed and then in 2018 they they were asked to do the and they were able to do it and they were also given permission to like just draw the boundaries in any way they wished mm-hmm. which i think you know uh, the outcome of that is a bit self-explanatory if that if you can assume that they are probably heavily influenced by the military or the the uh ncpo the i mean they must if they're influenced by the ncpo they must be determined to enforce peace and order with their drawing of the map but <laughs> and what better way to maintain peace and order than through the election of Pelang pressure out oh yeah i mean they will likely be orderly i suppose but um yeah so the 
I guess if we're going to strain, strain for a positive, um, I think that while the situation wasn't unclear that the military had a lot of power post this election, there's just there will be really no question where the seats of power in the country are um, and and any like pretense. I mean, with with the continual delays of the elections for electoral reform to improve democracy, you could hold a pretense of who who had the power or, or, or who could have the power in the future. But post this election, I think the positive outcome is that the yeah the it will be very clear that it's the military and that it's also the new monarch who himself has sort of increased the amount of power he has, taking control of several like of something like thirty billion dollars in assets to crown the Crown Property Bureau, and like reshuffling who is in his privy council and can influence him and reducing their influence. So I think like these power moves. And, and what they mean for seeding power will be very clear post-election. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. In that everybody, you know, the cards are on the table. Yeah. And maybe that makes it easier to fight against or to be opposed to. I, sometimes, maybe, uh, sometimes you got to hope anyway. I think in some of the elections we cover that things have got to get really terrible to get good again. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of involvement like this and like who has the power and showing and, you know, showing who's boss sort of and where the cards lay, uh, Mm -hmm. there is an interesting lack of American interest. Oh, yes. Yeah, no. And so we we talked a bit about this before and I wasn't sure if we should get into it, but I think it is important to consider in in why particularly making an argument for international interest, like why should we care? Um, besides the fact that like, I, I know dozens of people who have gone on vacation to Thailand. Um, so it's always good to know about the politics of the place you're vacationing to, but, um, the, the it's a real example of an election that the Americans are very silent on when typically they would probably have something to say about impediment of democracy. Um, I think like it really leaves Thailand open to, I mean, if, um, if America isn't influencing them, then who or isn't like trying to push them in one way or the other, then who is? Um, probably it's China in that situation. Um, and and uh, it's a, could be a real example of Ameri- the, the, the problems with Americans taking a back seat in their foreign policy. And before we jump into that, because that's even more complicated than uh, <laughs> what what we're avoiding with this episode, and that's the Brexit vote, which keeps developing yes. on a daily basis. <laughs> it's just a nightmare. <laughs> which, look, we're not trying to shy away from complexity, but sometimes you just got to wait for things to marinate and simmer for, yeah. what is it now, three years before <laughs> they can... <laughs> <laughs> before you can make sense of it and you know untangle all the strings and at this point um i'm afraid to look and see what the heck we'd have to what kind of monster of an episode we'd have to put together to make any sense of what's happening uh in the british isles yes um, and but af- it's gonna make walking into thailand seem like a piece of cake I- i'm a little concerned <laughs> <laughs> but that's thailand we know who the next prime minister it'll be. Will be it will be the current prime minister, uh, and the king will be the king. Yep. But make sure if you disagree with anything we said, 
to tweet at us at probpolitics on Twitter or if it's not something you can say in public and you want to really <laughs> dig in, uh, send us an email at probablyaboutpolitics at gmail.com. Wherever you're listening to us, make sure to comment on the video or on the podcast. Make sure to like the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Give us five stars. Give us a thumbs up wherever you are. If you're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, mm-hmm. where else? Anywhere like you're getting your podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll be there. And if we're not there, uh, we'll find you. So thank you for listening to Probably About Politics. And catch us in the next episode on a different, more hopeful election. Hopefully.